We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. This is Cheryl Broderson, and I'm in studio with Jasmine Olnut. Oh, you said that so classy. I'm getting better at it. You You're know? really I'm trying good. to get polished. Yes, and we're on um, our <laughs> podcast where each week we talk about, for the most <laughs> part, we talk about women who have made a difference in this world. Yes, and there are so many women. I mean, we thank you for all your suggestions. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of us have piles of books that yeah. we are reading. And we're so excited about some of these upcoming episodes. We talk about, oh, wait, till you hear about this person and that person. But we don't think that we're going to be done until the coming of the Lord. Mm, Because we have so many women you should know. (laughs) Um, I think about how it says in Hebrews that there's a cloud of witnesses. Yes. And that's what these women are. Some of them are examples. A couple that I'm going to be doing in the future are actually not examples. (laughs) They actually kind of uh, become a little bit um, scandalous. Right. But that happens. Lessons on what not that to happens. do. That happens. We That's need right. those two. We do. <laughs> we do. But we're really excited because this is part two mm-hmm. of a two-parter, yes. which only makes sense. This is part two. <laughs> and we invited Kathy Gilbert in studio with us because she's a she was a good friend of Elizabeth Elliott. She mm-hmm. loved Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Plus, Kathy is like an incredible researcher, yeah. isn't she? she know, I mean, she, she gets the everything. facts. Yes. She really is. She's kind of like the dragnet. <laughs> no pressure, Kath. She's the dragnet of, <laughs> of Christian history. I yes. mean, she'll find out and she'll books, get the dates resources. and times. Yes, yep. I love it. In fact, she's in studio with us and she's got how many books there? Yeah, and a magazine. A pile there. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. pile here. Yeah. She's got the Life magazine from with her from when Jim Elliott, um, mm. it's the original Life magazine that, carried the article on Jim Elliott and the Aka Five mm-hmm, when, they, when were, they were discovered. Yeah. And yeah. so this is amazing. So last time, as a quick recap, mm-hmm. we learned about Elizabeth Elliott being born in Belgium. We learned about her uh, going to uh, growing up on the East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, going to a private school in Florida that trained missionaries, gave them etiquette, then going to Wheaton College where she met Jim Elliott. Wheaton is in um, Illinois. Illinois. Mm-hmm. And from there, she uh, went to uh, a missionary school, prayed Bible, worked with mm-hmm. Wycliffe, and then she went down to South America. There in South America, she worked with in, um, the Colorado Indians. The Colorado yep. Indians. She's mainly in Ecuador when she got the summons from Jim. She mm-hmm. saw Jim. Jim asked her to marry him. Then he wanted to, it to be quick so they could get right on the mission field. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they went to minister the Aka Indians, and Jim was murdered. Mm -hmm. But when we left off, Elizabeth had gone back with her daughter, Valerie. How old was Valerie at the time? Wasn't she four? She was three years old when they went back to the jungle. And Valerie was in heaven. She (laughs) picked up the language in no time at all. It was very hard for Elizabeth to learn the Mm. native language. There was no language like it. It was a language all unto its own. Mm. But Elizabeth was learning it along with Rachel Saint. And that was uh, a bit of a challenge. Uh, And so after a year of being there in the jungle, living as the natives did, um, Mm. Elizabeth was invited to return to New York City and to uh, research and write the book, Savage My Kinsman. And so she went to, uh, for a year, she spent in New York City in the area, and uh, and Valerie got to spend with Grandma and Grandpa, (laughs) which was a heaven for 
grandparents to have their granddaughter. Now, one of the dangerous snakes, remember I told you I would look it up? Anaconda. Yes. Oh, and yes. It's one of the books, I can't remember that it, it's one of uh, Elizabeth Elliott's books. She, one of the Aka children was playing too near the river mm-hmm. and an anaconda came out of the river and wrapped itself mm-hmm. around the child and took the child back yeah. into the river. Yeah. So that was a constant danger. Yes. And she's got little, little Valerie here. in oh the river, right. in the river constantly. That's yeah. where they bathe That's every right. day. And, and I remember that Valerie didn't wear any clothes. She dressed like yeah. the Indians. Oh, yeah. That was, out there. Yep. That yep. was <laughs> actually also a a point of contention, wasn't it, oh, between yes. Rachel and Elizabeth? Yes. About... Rachel loved clothes, and yes. Elizabeth just <laughs> loved to be. I mean, she, Elizabeth wore normal. Yes. But went barefoot everywhere. Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. Um, but, um, but she returned to New York City and mm-hmm. within a short time had uh, written the book, Savage My Kinsman, returned to the Alcas for a year. And mm-hmm. so that year was a painful year mm-hmm. because uh, Rachel Saint was working with Wycliffe, but Rachel Saint had her own way of right. translating. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth was trained in translation. Elizabeth is brilliant. And um, Rachel was not interested and anything Elizabeth had to contribute. and But Elizabeth hung in there for a year. Well, Rachel, she could. Rachel also, um, you know, there's there's two sides to that story. And I know you're very much Elizabeth, and I love Elizabeth. Uh, but I heard the other side from the saints. And they had a whole different way of looking at it, mm. which was interesting. Because I would read about the controversy and the problems. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of Euodia and Syntyche. Yeah. Here are two godly women in, in the New Testament. Philippi who couldn't get along. And Paul says, help these godly women to get along. Mm. And actually, both Rachel and Elizabeth made incredible inroads. Mm. And together, they were um, the dynamic duo. Mm. But sometimes, you know, when you're with one of the dynamic duos, you think you could be a dynamic, you know, all by yourself, loner. And that's not the way God does it. Mm, and, no. you know, sometimes God puts us with people that rub us the wrong way because it makes the work more Because you're both dynamic. dynamic. That's right. Ways. <laughs> and they were both so Dynamic. Yes, and they're both strong. And yes. in Elizabeth's case, God had something else for her. That's right. And That's Rachel right. was there for life. That's and right. And she did. She spent just the majority of her life there. That's right. And so um, you could see God's blessing on both of them. That's right. Um, so Elizabeth comes back to the yes. state. She comes back to the state. She gives her letter of resignation. And when they uh, arrive in Miami, this is what Valerie said. Mama, everyone is wearing clothes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, no, That's her culture shock. Yes, it was a culture shock. <laughs> yeah. So from this point, Elizabeth, is this when she begins to teach it? Okay, so so here she is in the States in 1963, and mm-hmm. she became a very sought-after speaker mm, yeah. because she's written these books that were very right. popular. And they were very surprised to find out a, a, a world-class author mm-hmm. could also speak, which mm-hmm. is not usually the case. And so she was invited to speak everywhere. And so she and Valerie lived in Franconia, New Hampshire. And from there, um, Elizabeth got involved at uh, Gordon-Conwell Seminary. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one of the professors, Addison Leach there, Dr. Addison Leach, and he fell in love with Elizabeth. He was a widower. And, a little, you know, here's Elizabeth as a widow. He wooed her. She fell madly in love. And so they were married. And they were married in 1969. And he moved them wow. from New Hampshire to Boston. And so she was a part of the college scene she became an adjunct professor there and um, (laughs) and but he contracted cancer and so uh, and it was very brutal it was very ugly and brutal Mm. and even to the point where 
he agonized over his faith, and she just loved him and nursed him and cared for him, and he died in 1973. I think, wow. that if I remember right, I've heard Tim Keller that he had Elizabeth Elliot. He had a class yes, with her. and his wife. They yes. both had classes with yeah, her. Yeah, and they loved they her loved as a her. teacher. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, she was a ex- cool. very popular teacher. Mm-hmm. Now, how and many years were they married? It wasn't very long. They were long. only married three years, Gosh, and um, wow. I, so I did the math, and so when she, when she married Jim, she was 27. When she married Addison, she was 43. Mm. Well, yeah. So, that's a long time to be That's single. a long time. And so here she is. She yeah, is cool. a single woman uh, with her daughter. Her daughter grows up. Um, she is starting to go to school. And so Elizabeth contacted Gordon Conwell and said, I would like to, you know, I have a big home and I'd like to um, ask some boarders from Gordon Conwell, um, two men to come. It has to be two because, you know, I don't want one man. Yeah, mm-hmm. propriety. You know, uh, mm-hmm. And it's for propriety. And so they... Um, Two men applied, and one was a fellow named Lars Gren, and the other was a fellow named Walt Shepard. And so Lars Gren had his eyes on Elizabeth. He mm-hmm. might have been 10 years younger. Mm. <laughs> so Elizabeth um, was in her – just turned 50, and he was still just turning – he just turned 40. So mm-hmm. there's quite a difference. And um, But he started pursuing her, and she said, absolutely not. And so she decided, um, as he's wooing her – she decided to have a conversation with Ruth Graham. Mm. And so she asked Ruth Graham, well, who nice. is a trustworthy woman, <laughs> mm-hmm. without saying who she was talking about. So she described Lars to Ruth Graham. And this is what L- Ruth Graham uh, said back to her. She goes, Elizabeth, I just wouldn't be surprised if, in the least, if God would give you exactly that sort of man. <laughs> and so um, here is Lars. And mm. he proposed to her. And she immediately said, absolutely not. But then she went and started praying, and God told her this. He, God told her, um, what makes you think that this is not – what makes you think you know my will? I want you to trust me. Hmm. And so she prayed, taking what Ruth Graham said, and when he asked her again, she wrote him back and said yes. Wow. And so what's really funny about that is uh, – what they did get married, and it was a very small wedding, and she said that uh, very few family members came. Um, they got married in December of 1977, and somebody at Gordon Conwell found out. And she said when they found out, the, when the news hit the seminary, it said the roof blew off. Because here's Elizabeth Elizabeth Elliot, the famous Elizabeth Elliot, who had married one of the professors, one of the most popular professors of the school, Leech, the seminary, Addison, yeah. uh, Addison Leach, and now she was marrying a student. Mm. So it was quite scandal. a scandal. Mm. Wait, were you going to mention the other boarder at all? What happened with him? Oh, and the other Quick, boarder, just, you know. Walt Shepard. <laughs> well, when uh, Valerie mm. um, Elliot came home, she and Walt Shepard fell in love, <laughs> and they got married, which is hilarious. So the two boarders, and uh, Elizabeth tells a story, and these little widowers said, I'm just going to have to go get me some boarders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cute, cute, cute. <laughs> So, um, you know, Elizabeth, I love, this is something I just wanted to state what she says about herself. She goes, I have had three husbands, and over the years I've been a student, a missionary, a professor, a writer, a public speaker, and just a housewife. And I've spent a lot of time on airplanes and a lot of time pecking at keyboards, either a typewriter or a computer. But I have spent the most fruitful time sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus, listening, reading, pouring out my heart thinking and learning. Mm. She was a very humble woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was so 
loved, but and so acclaimed, and she just like Corey Ten Boom would just offer it back to Jesus. You know what mm. I really like too is a lot of people. Uh, this is what we've seen even on the mission field. It's a lot of people go over there and because they've sacrificed. You know, I left my country. I did this. I did that. Or even because I've suffered. I had this mm. happen in my life. They leave off their devotional life. They, they don't think it's important to read their Bible or to keep learning about yeah. the Lord. Mm. And that's one thing I loved about, I love about some of the women that we've highlighted mm. and Elizabeth Elliot is this constant pursuit of God, yeah. relationship with Lifelong. God and intimacy with God. Right. So now um, she continues to write. She never goes back on the mission field after this. She never this, goes back on the mission but field. But she writes. And, she writes. Yeah. And she speaks. And she mm-hmm. speaks. But I want you now to begin to highlight some of her books because you and I both have a favorite Mm-hmm. So, which is a path through suffering. Mine's a path through suffering. Yeah, I love that book. And the reason the first I first heard Elizabeth because your mother loved her, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your mother invited her to come to Calvary to speak. So it was 1991, and mm. Elizabeth spoke on uh, a glad surrender, mm-hmm. and she spoke about Lilius Trotter. She mentioned yeah. Lilius Trotter, yes. and um, and I, for some reason, the very first book I picked up by Elizabeth was a path through suffering, and every chapter starts with. Uh, excerpt from Lilius Trotter, mm-hmm. and it was hmm. the most profound book. And I have not suffered like Elizabeth has suffered, but mm-hmm. it was the most encouraging book mm-hmm. about suffering. Mm-hmm. That God, you you may go through you you go through suffering, but God is there. Mm. He's there more in your suffering usually, but right? also that there's a path through it. Yeah. And, Oh, sorry. And actually that there's a path through it. You don't stop. You don't stall. You don't stand mm. in one place. But she said you keep walking through it. God makes a path through it. And I love that part, mm. um, that there's a path through suffering. Because a lot of people sit down and they stagnate yeah. or they don't know there's a way yeah. to walk through this. Yeah. They want to go over it or around right. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and God it, has purposes in it. Right. Yes. And that's what she brings out. I've given that book to so many people. In fact, a lot of what... Um, Tim Keller did a book on suffering, and a lot of it— He quoted from there? mm, Well, it has a lot of similarities, let's just say that. Mm. So um, also, I think Jasmine and I—I think all three of us have read Alma. Yeah. Her book on— Amy Carmichael, A Chance to Die. A Chance to Die, that's right. Alma is uh, Frank Kelton's book. But A Chance to Die, which is is interesting because her perspective on Amy— is so different right. than like Frank Houghton's. They right. see the tenderness, but she saw kind of like the the stalwartness yes. of mm. Amy. Kind of the, the kind of the similarity between yes. their personalities. And because isn't that interesting? Yeah. She found herself in Amy. Yes, and uh, and it was at Hampton Du Bois, du Bois where she suffered so much that she discovered Amy, and mm. that's because that's when okay. she became. Interesting. You know, is that is so. that did she arose from the briar? I, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's kind of Amy's, but Amy's one thing, suffering. Um, yeah. One thing I appreciate about Elizabeth, um, she got such a kick out of me. Yeah. You know, and people yeah, kind of wonder, you're, you're friends with her. And um, part of the reason is, you know, besides just admiring her so much, I took every opportunity to spend time with them. Mm. And they would be in the West Coast a lot because of Valerie and her husband and eight children uh, being on the w- settled in the West Coast. Valerie, so had, Valerie eight had eight children. Woo. So made up for Elizabeth's one. Yes. Um, and, Elizabeth um, probably would have had wait, more now, if she how, had how the opportunity. How did you even start hanging out with them? Like how does well, she start hanging out? Well, I know that. Yeah, but she came to Calvary. Like and then yeah. whenever 
and I would get the newsletter so I'd know where they were speaking. And but so I okay. also, I want to say up. this. I think my mom assigned Kathy yes. to be the hostess ah, to Elizabeth. that's how it happened. Oh, yes. Okay. And so, so, connected. so, you know, Kathy's showing her around Calvary, and there right. was that connection. Oh, right. And then after that, they stayed in touch. In fact, there was correspondence. Oh, we, we wrote back calls. and forth and yes. ca- called back and forth. And what's interesting is your mom loved Elizabeth, but a little mm-hmm. intimidated by yes, her. Yes, very So she would make sure that I was the one interacting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Your mom didn't feel comfortable right. with that. But what's so interesting is I would interact with Elizabeth on behalf of your mother often, and Elizabeth would interact with me for your mother because mm-hmm. she loved your mother. Mm-hmm. She really did. Mm-hmm. She had this, like, connection with her, mm-hmm. and she would always end a lot of letters with just to give this scripture to Kay or thank mm-hmm. Kay or just say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how she is She probably Kay? saw that vulnerability in my yeah. mom. You know, my yeah. mom— you know, from start to finish, was an orphan. Hmm. She was a little orphan girl. And so she had a lot of vulnerabilities from from being abandoned when she was young yeah. and being raised by a mother who was severe. And so I think people um, could see, when it came to suffering, my mom understood it mm-hmm. and depression, and she could key in really well. And I think that's where she keyed in, but it also made my mom very shy. Mm-hmm. And I think Elizabeth really yes. she would identify, identify with, with the shyness. Yes. Um, one of the things, um, Elizabeth, did you want to Why did she get a kick out of you? Well, okay, so uh, she got a kick out of me. This is one of the things. Quite she's, a hippie. She, yes, it's a hippie. She goes, uh, she, I, she wanted to know what a hippie was like. And she goes, you're the very first hippie I have, hippie friend I've ever had. And she wanted to know all about my testimony. And so mm. I told her my testimony. And then one of the, uh, the response in a letter afterwards, she goes, I enjoyed very much getting to know you better. How different our backgrounds, how strong the bonds that unite us in Christ. I am mm. so very grateful. Mm. And another thing about Elizabeth, I noticed that when... And I, she was very perceptive of your mom. And if she would have been able to do this with your mom, she did it with me. It's almost like discipleship. Mm-hmm. And one of the letters uh, that she had written to me, um, she said, Dear comrade in the journey, mm-hmm. you have what I call an educated heart, the ability to know just what will bring delight, to quietly and unobtrusively and willingly be where needed at any given moment to help, to pray to be where I am. Mm. And she built me up so much that, you know, I knew that I had the gift of helps, but Mm. she kind of, kind of showed me, this is what the gift of helps looks like, is uh, like oil. You're transparent, you're invisible, but when you're there, things run smoothly, you know? And so she just was so (laughs) encouraging. Okay, just on a side note, you guys made a meal together, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were eating and doing dishes and it was just, and then we went to this. She had some speaking in Boston, so she took me there and mm. with her, and that was really fun. And walks, a lot of walks, mm-hmm. you know. And she, when she takes walks, she takes a bag and picks up cans. That's her oh, big recycling. thing is to re- be recycled. So mm. she was always looking. I'm looking around at the glorious <laughs> Boston, you know, Magnolia, Massachusetts skyline, and there at the ocean and just like marveling. And she's looking around in the ga- ground and the, <laughs> and the walkways looking for cans. <laughs> so now I know that she died of Alzheimer's. Yeah. When did that start, and and how did that okay, begin she, to manifest she itself? She died. She died in. Um, let me see. I have the date. Well, um, so it's Monday morning, June fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. She was eighty nine years old, and um, little did I know that all the interaction we had together. And I have comments after comments from her, just saying, "Please pray for me. Mm. I'm having a str- struggle." Um, there, it was such a challenge between her and Lars. It was such a challenge about speaking, about writing, about her Gateway to Joy show. And she was constantly giving me specifics on how to pray. So there was a key time in the uh, 
late 19, late, uh, 1990, probably 1999, mm. she realized that she was going on the journey her mother was on. Mm. And it was a long journey mm. of um, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's or yeah. dementia mm-hmm. and um, where her mother could no longer speak. Mm. And Elizabeth was heading there and mm. she knew she was heading there. She mm. even sent me a box of books, signing them and inscribing them, knowing that she started distributing mm. things because she knew that she wasn't mm. going to be mm. able to do it in right. a short while. So by 2004, she could no longer read her manuscripts. And wow. so that's when it officially the speaking stopped. And literally, she stopped speaking at 2004. Wow. You would, if you talked to her, she would just gibber. And um, so it was a heartbreak. But she, the mercy is mm. she no longer was moved by the moods of her husband. Mm-hmm. She mm. no longer was worried. She, mm. you know, she was released in that Alzheimer's, in that dementia, she was not aware of her limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was a mercy. Yeah. yeah. But it was a heartbreak. Because mm-hmm. I used to always talk to her and we'd share something and I couldn't just call her anymore because mm-hmm. she couldn't she couldn't hear me anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she became kind of a mother figure because, I mean, although you did, you have your mother, your mother's still living. She's a wonderful woman, but she wasn't raised in a Christian home, no. nor did she raise you as a Christian. And here's this godly Christian woman. And because my mom was shy, there were limitations. You could only get so close to my mom. I know I was her daughter. You could only <laughs> get so close no. uh, because of, uh, she had a lot of walls because mm. of uh, what she'd been through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you to be able to get close to Elizabeth like that was yeah. just amazing. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, uh, it, um, another instance, another story in 2003, she came to speak at the pastor's wives. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize just how weak she was. Mm. Um, and uh, so she invites me back to the room with Marietta and she goes, mm-hmm. you know, I really want to pray. So we get down on the side of the bed together, kind of holding hands, praying for her family, Mm. praying for the situation, praying for her messages, praying for life, for her Mm. marriage. And it was just like so intimate. Now, Mm. I want to say this too, because she could come across really stringent. Right. But I remember she spoke and she had this huge, crazy looking bow on the back of her head. And I, re- I was distracted because it was like a Pollyanna bow. And she <laughs> oh, yeah, was wearing she it at wear, the I back. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, wow, you know, because again, I'd heard her in college. I kind of followed her ministry. Now I'm looking and she's got this crazy bow. And she said, about the bow, I know some of you are looking at it. I spent the <laughs> night with my granddaughters and they got me ready for today. So she had let her granddaughters do her hair and do her makeup before she spoke. And these were not old granddaughters. These were little girls. And she loved her grandchildren. They were the delight yes. of her life. I mean, Valerie's so children, because I think I think that, uh, in fact, I read one time where Elizabeth said she would have had as many children mm-hmm. as God would give her. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't been able to because, you know, um, becoming died. a widow. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, twice over. And so when Valerie had all these children, Elizabeth just delighted. She was never like, you're pregnant again. She no. was <laughs> delighted with each Child, and I mean, even excited about what they named their mm-hmm. children and everything. She, what she a blessing just from the doted Lord, on know, those grandkids, kind of, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Give her that. That's so sweet. Yes. And, um, you know, some of the things uh, she told me this one story I thought it was so funny. It's the 1999 is November. She said that um, this certain actor said this to, said this to her. I have mm. been watching you during the flight because I admire a woman with class. Oh, and it was Ed Asner. No, 
I love yes. that. I wow. She never said it publicly, but she got such a tickled oh, kick out of it. So wow, she had because to share he that. was... Wow. Yeah. You know, I've been praying for him for so long. Really? There was, yeah. I mean, there. I watched a program with him because he was very liberal and he was mm. head of the Actors Guild. And I saw him in this interview. And this man asked him, you know, why do you take such a strong stance? Is it guilt? And he says, I am ridden with guilt wow. from top to bottom. Wow. And I thought that was such a, a forthcoming statement. But that's interesting yeah. that God would put her yes. in his, his path. path. Wow. And so they crazy? did have a conversation and she is all she is all about soul winning. That yeah. was just her Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, center of wow. her life. Yeah. Um, I had the feeling that he had encountered somebody just during that interview. Something something was struggling had, in his soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. That is so neat. Um some of the quotes that she said that would nail me. One, one that just I love, absolutely love. You know, you're a servant by your reaction when you're treated like one. Yes, mm-hmm. that really yeah, ministers that's a good to one. me. Because yep. here Same. I'm saying I'm yeah. a servant of Jesus. So why am I reacting? Now that's mm. also in her book on Amy Carmichael, A Chance to Die. Because I'm sure it's right from Amy's right. heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that was it, and you know, there's a in one of Amy's books. She's treated like a servant by these um, missionaries, and it really bothers her. And she takes it back to the Lord, yes. and she realizes, "Whoa!" Yeah. But I remember reading that too. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yes, right. man, servanthood, like suffering, obedience. Those are big Elizabeth mm-hmm. Elliot themes. I think. Yes, I just, yes. like re- obedience, obedience. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. yes. and another theme is God is not the accomplish accomplice to my work; He is the work. Yes, mm, and she good. learned that because of all the setbacks. Mm-hmm. She knew that it wasn't. It wasn't the work. It was it was the Lord Himself that she was seeking and um, learning and it, um, discovering and making known. Hmm. Um, and then a, a scripture that I always love and um, and whenever Elizabeth would share a scripture, I don't know. There's something just beautiful about mm-hmm. her speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness. I have drawn you. And in her 15-minute show, mm, Gateway, to right. Joy, Gateway to um, Joy, she would start that, out, yes. yes, I have underneath, you know, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and underneath are the everlasting Christian arms. arms. And um, this is your friend, Elizabeth Elliot. And that mm-hmm. show, that 15-minute show, your mom loved it so much that she covenanted with me to pray that it would get on K-Wave. Mm. And we prayed for years that mm-hmm. it would get on K-Wave. And always the answer was no. <laughs> no women on K-Wave. Mm-hmm. And now there's some women on K-Wave. Yeah, but, start with my mom, uh, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, something interesting, that. though, too, is that we didn't bring up is Elizabeth Elliot, because she was so dynamic and she was so godly that she intimidated a lot of men. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of men. She either changed your mind about women uh, teaching the Bible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they just resisted her and didn't mm. wouldn't listen. Mm. But she was so dynamic. But also she was allowed in a lot of places where other women weren't. But she did come across some prejudice. Yeah. And uh, I believe she believed in the ordination of women, didn't she? She was very much into submission. Submission. She okay. was very much. She wasn't. Um, she was out, very much very into. If God opens a door for me right. to speak, I will speak wherever mm-hmm. they are, and, and um, trusting that God would cover her, that the pastor mm-hmm. would cover her. But um, but as far as ordin- she never spoke about it okay. or made it any mm-hmm. point. It wasn't an issue. Okay, you know, I I had heard that she was. She was like, if God anoints a woman. Yes, well, I'm sure she felt that way. Yeah, look at the missionaries. Right. I yeah, mean, if, absolutely. If, if you're. And she did not want to run this the jungle station. She wanted a man, mm-hmm. and so she trained the men to get to mm-hmm. take over the teaching mm-hmm. because she wanted it to be a man. Yes, so she really did have an yeah, appreciation. Yeah, that's kind of how my aunt Isi was too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, 
Can I just mention one book that you haven't mentioned? Yes. I, um, just uh, my favorite book was The Shadow of the Almighty, which is okay. uh, her, the way she recorded Jim uh, Jim's journal. Right. And that really impacted me when I was in high school. And actually, I was asked to give, and I went to public school, I was asked to give the baccalaureate speech uh, my senior year. And Jim Elliott was like the theme. I went around that quote, he wow. is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I used that as the central point. So I know for me growing up, uh, that was just a really key key book and uh, just his perspective on living for the kingdom and full surrender, which obviously we see in her as well. Yes. That really spoke to me. So I just wanted to mention that because that is yeah. one book right. that we haven't you know, covered right yet. Right now, there's some backlash against Elizabeth Elliot. I don't know if you've heard it. There's uh, some person who's come up uh, talking about her and Jim's uh, private life, their intimacy, oh. because they were very passionate yes. and they were just kind of, you know, and I thought, you know, it is so it's so sad that instead of like recognizing that as a um, beautiful thing yes. in the marriage, the marriage bed is undefiled, according to Hebrews uh, 13, that they would make it something like this. Uh, yeah. But I think it's beautiful that she did submit and love Jim and there was a passionate marriage. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Kathy, thank you so much. That was just wonderful. I wish we had had time for more. I think we did like half of Kathy's notes. It was so, yes, so, so amazing. There. But that's because there's so much and there's so many great books. And if you go on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or uh, so many places, you can see some of those books. Uh, mm-hmm. Passion and Purity, a great list, book for single women are uh, women who are even considering getting married excellent book um the ones that we've mentioned too and and there are more and we'll be posting them on the yes, website we kathy has a whole list here for us that's so. excellent yep it'll yes. be there we'll yes. be posting it so we just want to say um again if you have any women that you think we should know mm-hmm. actually jasmine and i have stacks of books that we're reading right now we keep kind of saying <laughs> well i'm doing this person and she just took away two of mine and she's going to be doing them but or <laughs> someone or maybe a magic guest Uh-oh. a special guest we talked about that too yes it's but possible. we're really excited but if you would please contact contact us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a personal story of someone you think we should know, maybe your mother, maybe an aunt, maybe somebody who discipled you. Yeah, a missionary uh, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in, in weeks to come, I'm going to do Henrietta Mears. Ooh, we just took that one that. from you, didn't right. I? Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, this is Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut saying thanks. And Kathy Gilbert. Yes, and Kathy Gilbert. Thank <laughs> you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnutt.